Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Get the champagne ready. The NBA Finals are here. Welcome to the NBA Finals. Let's raise our glasses and our rings to the two phenomenal teams left standing. My goodness. Here's the high stakes action to thrilling moments we can't miss. He ties the game at the buzzer. And to crowning our next champion. Here's a toast to the NBA Finals. The 2024 NBA Finals presented by YouTube TV continue on ABC. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Want to go over all of the waiver wire pickups for week seven. Um, I think the only... I'm getting right into it, guys. I'm getting right into it. I was just going to like start talking about the waivers. That's how we do it in this podcast. Unless I do something like this. But here we go. All right. So uh, this week, J.D. McKissick, I, I think he is the only must pick up of the week, right? Like there are other, uh, you know, priority ads. But I think McKissick is the guy. Um, he's available in about 60% of Yahoo leagues. Um, you know, and to some people, it might be a little bit surprising, but he is available in that many le- leagues. Antonio Gibson's shin injury is manifesting itself into missed playing time. Um, you know, this past week, you know, coming in and out of the game. So it is bothering him that uh, they're getting an MRI. I don't know the results of that as of now, but the upside of McKissick starting in some sort of absence is high. Uh, and there's the possibility of this not getting better for Gibson anytime soon. So you have the chance, you know, even if it's relatively low, of McKissick being the main back here. And the reason why McKissick would be so valuable is because of the value he already brings as a receiver. The, the fact that he's already the two-minute and passing down back and then he'll get a bunch of early down carries and routes as well, um, you know, which would make him an instant, you know, high-end RB2 at the very least, right? Like last week, he out-carried Jar- Jared Patterson 8-1. to one. He had 18 total opportunities, you know, when you count the 10 targets he had. Um, and Patterson should be picked up as well for cheap, right? I, I like that, you know, smart few-dollar waiver wire ad, under-the-radar ad, you know. You know, and like there is... If you look at the range of possibilities, there is, you know, one end of the spectrum where he is the primary early down guy. So you definitely want to take a shot on him as well, you know, if you can. Um, obviously, if I get McKissick, I'm not trying to get both of these guys. But uh, if you have McKissick, I wouldn't worry about it. But if you if you can't get McKissick or you get outbid, I think Jared Patterson is a nice consolation prize. Um, there's, al- there's always the possibility that Gibson doesn't miss time or that he's fine you know, or whatever, but I'm still taking the shot on McKissick, and I'd be willing to spend, like, you know, 15% of fab, you know, even if I don't know that Gibson will miss time. If I do know that Gibson will miss time by the time waivers, waivers, I have to put my waivers in, um, I'll be willing to go up to 30%, maybe more, honestly. Um, Okay, so the other running backs, Dearness Johnson. Um, If we find out that Nick Chubb can't make it to Thursday night's game, I think Johnson would be an obvious must-pick up for a spot start against the Broncos. You know, not the best matchup in the world. The the Browns' running game uh, is legit, right? You know, Johnson, he had a productive game with these two, uh, you know, Nick Chubb and... and, um, and Kareem Hunt missing last year, you know, he, he had a, a pretty decent game, productive game. So 
Um, Demetric Felton is their other running back, but he's used he's primarily used as a wide receiver. Um, he hasn't had a carry this year. You probably heard that stat 14 times already this week. Um, but I, you know, I'd spend around 10 percent of Fab or so if Chubb can't make it to Thursday. There's always a chance that Chubb doesn't even make it back for Week Eight. Um, you know, we, we have no idea there. Um, it is a soft, I think the, um, you know, calf injuries are considered soft tissue injuries, so, um, it can linger. Um, and it is possible that Chubb, you know, has to miss a couple of weeks, but we don't know. It's very, it's even possible that Chubb makes it back this week. Um, so, so yeah, but we know that Kareem Hunt is going to be out. Um, and there potentially is room for another back, um, to play behind Chubb. Um, and you know, I mentioned Jared Patterson already. I just, you know, I don't, I don't want you to forget about him. I, you know, I spent a couple of bucks on him. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is an interesting one this week. He ran the most routes of any Patriots running back on Sunday. That includes Brandon Bolden. And I think that's significant because Bill Belichick and his staff, uh, is usually very intentional in terms of, you know, what his players do in terms of role. It, it is, is it possible that he's working his way into the Bolden role or maybe, He's a bit of a Rex Burkhead, right? Like someone who does a little bit of everything, um, you know, in, in what Rex Burkhead did for the Patriots last season. And then when one of these guys got hurt, then you saw, you know, Rex Burkhead had the most value because he was involved in both the run game and the pass game, and he had some red zone packages, right? And we saw that they were willing to put Ramondre Stevenson in at the goal line, you know, once Damian Harris had a big play, um, and, and he scored last week. So, you know... Um, I think there's value there. You know, also Damian Harris was still in and out of the game a bit. Um, now, is there a chance that Ramondre Stevenson got a little bit more opportunity because of Damian Harris's rib injury coming into the game? Maybe, but I think you know it can be more than that, right? I'd spend about maybe five percent of Fab for Stevenson as a prospective flyer. I think he's a solid bench stash just to kind of see what his role grows into if it does grow. Now, here are a couple situations like I'm probably avoiding. Um, but there can be some diamonds in the rough here. I personally don't see it, but you know, if <laughs> we are, we do have six teams on a bye this week, so you know, it is what it is. Um, with Latavius Murray's ankle injury, um, you know, it's it's still really tough for me to depend on any of the Raven, other Ravens running backs. Devontae Freeman was hardly getting carries before this past week. Um, Le'Veon Bell got almost the same work as Freeman this past week, but you know, didn't look nearly as good as Freeman. Uh, but Tyson Williams. He can easily make his back his way back into the rotation. He could be first on the depth chart or last on the depth chart. We have no idea, right? And, and we don't know the extent of Murray's injury. Um, if I had to play, you know, one of these guys because of bye weeks or whatever, if Murray's out, it'll probably be Freeman because, you know, he's been active every week and he was efficient last week. Um, but I, I don't want to do it. Like, Freeman didn't get a bunch of, uh, you know, that many carries, you know, the weeks prior, right? Um, but Tyson Williams... You know, I, I really believe that he should be the clear starter in this backfield, even with Latavius Murray healthy. Um, but who knows? I, I, I still can't figure out why they haven't given him um, more opportunity this year and, you know, even had him, have, had him at a, as a healthy scratch, you know, over some of these, you know, old dudes. No offense to old dudes, by the way. Um, I, I'm, I'm 34 myself, so um, these guys are younger than me. So anyway, um, <laughs> all right, so the Seahawks, right? Like, So Chris Carson's on IR. Alex Collins has a hip slash glute injury, and there's no word on whether he's playing on Monday night against the Saints either. So not a great matchup, first of all, right? Um, and secondly, who is going to be the 1A, right? Like my guess is Rashad Penny, if he's active. Pete Carroll did say that Rashad Penny is full speed, ready to go, ready to go quote unquote, <laughs> but but first of all, Pete Carroll likes to over exaggerate everything. And number and the other thing is that 
you know, that's not something that we've been able to say about Penny at all since he came into the NFL, right? Uh, DJ Dallas is going to be involved. You know, he could even be the 1A in Penny's first game back. Who knows? And then don't forget about Travis Homer, who can stay involved. Again, in a not-so-great matchup, right? Um, so, yeah. So, that's why I wouldn't want to spend or necessarily even take up a roster spot if I need the help during the buy. Um, you know, now if I want to stash Penny and I have the room, sure, but he's not my priority. It's possible that Collins is back the week after, and there's still a bit of a cluster in that backfield. So, And, and then on top of that, this offense sucks. Without Russell Wilson, right? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure. So another stash who might be available in a lot of leagues is Marlon Mack. The Ravens might need a running back. The Chiefs might need a running back. The Browns might need a running back. You know, there's no secret that Mack is on the market. And there are a couple of teams who are interested. So if you have the luxury, you know, of stashing somebody right now during Bimageddon, then go for it. Now, Michael Carter is also available in a little less than 50% of leagues. He was the primary Jets uh, back before the bye, and it's possible he gets a larger share as the year continues. He's a stash, right, but not a high-priority one compared to the other high-upside handcuffs that we know about. Um, he's not necessarily a must-stash either. Um, all right, let's move on to wide receiver. Sterling Shepard, uh, he should be picked up. He's an every-week wide receiver three. Um, and, you know, he's <laughs> surprisingly, a lot of people would be like, what, he's available? Yeah, he's available in... Uh, a little bit less than 50% of leagues, but I, I just, he's at like 49%. So I feel like I he's at 53% on Yahoo, roster on Yahoo. So, I mean, I, I have to mention him, right? Um, he, he gets upgraded when his wide receivers are not healthy, and that seems to be the case with the Giants. It seems like this whole offense is in flux every single week because of the, because of their health. But Kenny Galladay is hurt with a knee injury. Kadarius Tony couldn't stay on the field this week after trying to go with that ankle injury. Um... Sterling Shepard had 14 targets uh, in this past game. Obviously got it done in a big way in weeks one and week two before he got hurt in week three. Um, so he's the best wide receiver available in most leagues. So if Galladay and Tony are out this week, he's a wide receiver to start against Carolina. Darnell Mooney, he ran the most routes in the Bears this past week, and the targets are fairly and tightly distributed between him and Allen Robinson right now. So, you know, But Allen Robinson is obviously not widely available, right? But Darnell Mooney is. So as bad as the overall passing game has looked, it's getting better, slowly. And Mooney has shown some rapport with Justin Fields, and he's had production with Justin Fields in a couple games. So he sees Tampa this week, obviously a great matchup. So Mooney, you know, has some upside this week, you know, in the midst of all the players who are on by. Um, okay, Tim Patrick has found a way uh, to get it done, you know, for the most part every single week. Uh, you know, whether it's via yardage or, or by finding the end zone, the Browns matchup isn't terrible. Outside of Denzel Ward, Cleveland hasn't been super successful defending wide receivers. So if you need a wide receiver during these bye weeks, he's a good target. Uh, not someone I want to depend on every week as a wide receiver three, but he's a good bye week fill-in. Rashad Bateman isn't necessarily someone I'm looking to start right now, uh, but I definitely want to stash him um, if I have that liberty to. Um, Sammy Watkins was out this past week, but so it is possible that Bateman got the start because of that. Um, but the fact that he wasn't even eased in was a good sign. Uh, Marquise Brown ran 29 routes in this game, and, and Bateman ran 22. So he was third on the team behind Brown and Mark Andrews. Uh, if Bateman can beat out Sammy Watkins, um, remember, like he's now on a potential first pass first offense. So there would be some upside here for a very talented rookie wide receiver. Uh, there's no guarantee he breaks out, you know, in year one, but he has a shot. So I think he's a solid stash for now. Um, I can understand not grabbing him this week if you have to fill in for bye weeks. But, you know, he had a solid first game against a tough defense. All right, A.J. Green, 
has actually been getting it done over the last couple of weeks. He's similar to Tim Patrick in that sense. Uh, and I know that, you know, we've been talking about all these Cardinals wide receivers every single week. But now it's like, all right, we can string some weeks together for A.J. Green. Um, he's running as many routes as DeAndre Hopkins. Can't say the same thing for Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore. So he, he's on a good offense. He, he's, a, he's a good bye week fill-in if available. Um, the Texans have been defending wide receivers pretty well for the most part, so I'd temper expectations here, but I wouldn't overthink it if I need a bye week fill-in here. Um, he can also be a low-end wide receiver three, um, you know, but you know, end up being a consistent one for you, you know, if he continues doing what he's doing, and you might choose to keep him as depth or as a flex. Amon Ross St. Brown is another good bye week fill-in. Uh, eight targets, eight targets, seven targets over the last three weeks. At least five receptions in each of them as well. Um, obvious negative game script this week against the Rams. Uh, so, you know, he's a solid PPR flex this week um, in the midst of all the all the buys. Um, and again, if you have the luxury of stashing someone, I think Michael Gallup, you know, if he's still available, I'd scoop him up. The Cowboys have been run heavy lately, and you might be wondering that, the, you know, the Cowboys offense isn't even propping up the two wide receivers they do have on a consistent basis. But I do think that this offense becomes more pass heavy, you know, when Gallup is back and, and they go three wide receivers way more than they're doing now. So I think all three Cowboys wide receivers are going to be able to get it done more often than not. Um... You know, Cedric Wilson's, you know, showing some flashes here and there. So I think Gallup, you know, kind of takes that to the next level. Um, he's, he, you know, Gallup is just underrated. He's very talented. So, I, you know, he, he should be back soon. Um, it's possible that he starts practicing after their bye week this week. All right, let's move on to tight ends. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is a must-add um, this week at the position uh, if you're in need. He ran a route on 95%. Um, of dropbacks this past week, which is absurd. He got it done last week because of it, and he's a tight end one start in every game Logan Thomas misses, which most likely will be through Washington's Week 9 bye. So that's two more weeks of tight end one production. Um, I would say he's probably a top seven or top eight option over the next two weeks. Um, That's about it (laughs) for tight ends. I mean, you know, Mo Cox is tempting, I get it, and there might not be too many options, honestly, but he only ran nine routes last week. You know, which accounted for less than 40% of route participation. Uh, you look at his box score, I'm like, and you're like, okay, I can work with this. Decent matchup. But, you know, tougher than usual matchup this week. So I would just temper expectations if, if you choose to pick him up and start him. Uh, CJ Ozama is going up against Baltimore this week. They've given up the third most fantasy points to tight end so far this year. Uh, and Ozama is running enough routes to potentially get it done for you if you really need a streamer this week. Um, I'd rather start him over Moali Cox. A couple of other names to mention, Evan Ingram, you know, running a route on, on a majority of dropbacks, um, you know, with their wide receiver core banged up, you know, he could do some things. Uh, O.J. Howard, you know, he he popped off on the box score last week. Pat Fryermuth uh, led the tight ends in targets. Him and Ebron are still splitting, you know, in terms of routes run, but Pat Fryermuth did get, I think it was seven targets in this game. And we also have to keep in mind that Juju's out as well. So, you know, could it be a trend here? Maybe. Um, quarterback streamers, Matt Ryan hasn't been terrible as of late. You know, even without Calvin Ridley before the bye against the Jets, he got it done. Um, he sees Miami this week, and he gets Ridley back. So he's a solid streaming option this week. Um, on the other side, Tua gets Atlanta, right? So he doesn't have all his weapons, but, you know, he still got it done last week. Does Devonta Parker come back this week? That'll be a huge boost for him. 
Uh, Carson Wentz, great stream this week against San Francisco, you know, whose secondary is pretty beat up. It, it does suck that both Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton are banged up, but there's still opportunity for Wentz to get it done. Um, he's been solid in five of six weeks this year. Nothing too crazy, but solid. Uh, Daniel Jones had a rough week. He's like the opposite. Like, he's boom bust. Uh, but I'd be, I'd be willing to throw him in my lineup because of the upside that he presents. You know, relatively tough matchup against Carolina. You know, but I think, you know, Jones is still an upside play regardless of matchup because of the rushing ability, uh, because of the random times he pops off, you know. Taylor Heineke, he wasn't great last week either, uh, but I'm willing to throw him in my lineup as well against what, what can be a negative game script against Green Bay without Jerry Alexander. You know, maybe Terry McLaurin can pop off in this in this one. Um, a couple of defensive streamers, the Patriots, they were dropped last week in a lot of leagues, and they get the Jets at home this week, so make sure you pick them up if they're available. They killed it the last time around against the Jets, and, you know, Patriots are, are a defense that you can kind of, you know, hold on to for the most part uh, if you don't feel like streaming. New Orleans, they were also dropped in a lot of leagues, and they have Geno Smith in Seattle this week, so they're a great stream. Um, going down the list, I'm cool with Cleveland against Denver at home, you know, solid defense, you know, against, uh, you know, a mediocre offense. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's all I got for the for the for the waiver wire this week. Um, hope you guys get who you want. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Uh, if you have any questions, hit me up at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Um, I hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy. See ya.